0: episode of shenanigans i'm trying to make them more recurrent this time and i have kind of a big announcement today there's somebody in the room i can feel the energy it's me mel you've seen her in my stories a lot pre-pandemic pre-lockdown and you know she's a fucking beast and now she's gonna be building new beasts with uh being our new personal trainer okay so she's gonna be taking on a few of my clients and taking on new clients as well Uh, mel did her course a few months back i've been mentoring her for a while we clearly had a lot of time and uh i will let her introduce herself mel what's up with you
1: well i mean i don't have to introduce myself you guys they all know about her but honestly i am super happy and super ecstatic um to be introduced as a personal trainer but also super excited seriously just to be part of the team Solomon team
0: Team Solomon team. team
1: Solomon team.
0: TST. That's TST. a new that's a new model.
1: <laughs> team Solomon team. But um honestly like I think What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. I was very this was like a dream of mine. It's an overdue dream. Um I decided to finally just pursue my passion. Jump to and I finally realized that this is my happy place. So what did I what did I do? i went on an online course Mm -hmm, that's it i studied i a couple of months after received my certificate as a coach and now i am full-on determined and ready to help all of you guys whoever wants to join me Mm -hmm. accomplish their fitness dreams
0: wow well said and honestly guys i'm just gonna mention that i did not tell mel which course to take i did not gave her everything in her hands. Um this is just a simple rule of mine because nobody handed it to me. Nobody told me okay, do this, do that. I personally did not even get a mentor as a matter you of fact.
1: Didn't tell me to do personal training.
0: Honestly, we had some talks about it and you you just said, "Fuck it all. I found a course. I'm going to take that course I'm going to do it. That's my dream and this is what I want in people that I'm going to surround myself with. People who just like decide to go in and and as I was getting at I never really had a mentor but I'm happy that it can be one for you and listen guys like she did that course and now she's a trainer we all know that the entry level is very low in our industry everybody can be a coach everybody can just freaking add it on their Instagram bio and now they're a coach but I think to be to have a sustainable career um it's important to offer us a quality service and just to overall care and know what the fuck you're talking about and i think mel is one of those who cares a whole lot Mm -hmm. and the more we work together the more we will educate each other i want to know exactly it's just it's binge learn and then from there moving on um we're gonna build a big team you know i'm looking forward for you guys to sign up with mel and just experience the whole different i think you're more of a motivator type of coach I think so too. yeah she okay, I can agree with that. she will handle your whines and your scream a lot whole, not the one with the whip. no no i have all the whips <laughs> but it's a different vibe and i think a lot of people are going to benefit from it so i'm glad we have this new chemistry this new energy on the team so stay tuned guys uh today we're going to talk about a few things yeah. mel has some questions for me and this is going to be a ritual we're gonna have these round tables where we're going to talk about stuff. And if you're a coach, if you're someone in the industry or just overall, like a a gym rat who wants to learn more, stay tuned for the rest of the conversation.
1: Okay. Question number one for you. Hit me. So usually people assume that doing high reps, low volume is good for fat loss. While others think that to build bigger muscles, Mm -hmm. you would have to do, I don't know, like higher, Like bigger loads, yeah, big heavy weights. With heavy weights, what is your opinion? What is the best or perfect rep range
0: for you? Okay, the the whole relationship between rep range and muscle building, hypertrophy, and feel free to interrupt me at any time. I'll give you some details, um, more nuance about the situation. Um, First of all, like like you said, like a high rep, low load, fat loss. You know, we hear that like that's how you tone, that's how you burn the fat that's not correlated at all and then after that like don't lift too heavy girls because you're gonna get bulky you know first of all you're found, you're, you're strong as fuck right yeah. um like we're lifting in the hundreds for many things even overhead presses are getting heavy and you don't have like um the size of a fridge shoulders right so why is that, okay? And first of all, a lot of like even personal training courses used to say like heavy load strength and then hypertrophy is like in the middle and then high, high reps is like endurance fat loss. There, there's some truth to it, but it's more, um, it's more nuanced than that. 2012 is when a study from Cameron and Al came out and it basically revolutionized the way we see this because they had a group training at 30% of their 1RM. Okay. And 80% of their 1RM. So 30% of your 1RM, if you're lifting for one rep max, a hundred pounds would be 30 Mm pounds. So it's very light. Mm -hmm. And then 80% would be 80. Right. Okay. Now, both groups build just as much muscle. Why? Well, in the study, they were taking sets to failure. So basically they realized that your proximity to failure is what's ultimately going to have the greatest impact on building muscle. Okay so this is like i told you this many times right like it's becoming more common but it's not fully understood so instead of seeing as like strength hypertrophy endurance it's more like heavy 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 load obviously are gonna prioritize strength and super light load for a ton of rep endurance and hypertrophy is gonna happen anywhere around it so even if you're lifting light, but you're training to failure, you're still building muscle. And in this research, the 30% was building just as much muscle as the 80. And a lot of consequence studies came after and it's really a confirmed concept. Okay. Now, why? I think it's interesting. Do you wonder why light load would build just as much muscle as heavy?
1: Yeah. Is there like, but that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Or is there a moderate?
0: Okay. So it comes down to, motor units okay in your muscle when you're lifting heavy imagine all your motor units are recruited right from the get-go when you're lifting lightweight they're not okay so that's the detail that's why failure is important because as you're lifting light load but you keep lifting let's say the first 10 reps not so bad 20 reps getting hard when you're getting closer to 30 reps then you're recruiting all your motor units because they're fatiguing as you go That's why it's important to train to failure. And that's why in both cases, they will yield the same hypertrophy. So
1: it's a good thing for people that are injured or that can't, or that have a physical...
0: Limitation or or even for certain exercises that it's not appropriate for them to go super heavy. They can still build muscle. Exactly, exactly. we've gone through phases like yeah. that where, like, when I get clients who like kind of get injured or they have little bobos and stuff that limit them from going super hard, and then they feel like they'll be missing out or wasting time. It's good to understand that even at thirty percent, thirty percent is fucking light, okay? You could still build just as much muscle. Like even when there's a lockdown and the gyms are closed. Yeah. A lot of people gave up, which they maybe shouldn't have because obviously it demands a little bit more determination, but they could have built just as much muscle. So, to make it clear, two, three reps yeah. to 30 to 40 reps, anywhere between that, still building muscle. Okay? It's all gonna be dependent on your proximity to failure. That's an important detail. Now, there's two limitations that I wanna address number one is that yes some people might be thinking like okay well me i like lifting heavy Mm -hmm. i like doing sets of two Mm -hmm. you know i don't like doing cardio so the lower reps i do the better it is well could i just do 20 sets of two to match the volume that i would with lighter load and the answer is yes you could and probably you would build just as much muscle if you go super heavy but there is a chance that you're either going to injure yourself over time or you're causing a lot of stress on your joints and your connective tissue. It's not an ideal way to train. Okay. Also.
1: This is when you talk about building more muscle.
0: Well, in both cases. Okay. So so let's say you were doing, I don't know, um, 10 sets of 2 reps mm-hmm. or 2 sets of 10 reps. Right. If they're, all sets are taken to failure, technically it's matched volume. Yes. Right? So... So would you do two sets of two reps? You could, but two things, as I was saying, it's hard on your body. Second, your workout's going to be fucking long. Exactly.
1: I was okay. just about to say that. Yeah. Like, it depends on how much time you actually have. <laughs> exactly.
0: Because you you're not going to rest people, one minute. You
1: no, know, and people do have lives outside of the
0: gym. Amen. Okay. So you got to factor in all these things. That's why it's a limitation. Like on paper, yes, you could build just as much, but in real life, is it practical? No. Second limitation is you could go super light and do all your workout with like five pounds and take every set to failure. Now that's also going to take a shit ton of time. Mm -hmm. So that's time consuming as well. And it's causing what we call systemic fatigue, because if everyone has done a set of 30, which I've seen her do, (laughs) it hurts. It demands a lot of psychological, um, focus and, and poise and control because it's super painful to get there and you need to be determined. So it's not for everyone to do that either. It perhaps not for a whole workout. So bottom line guys, hypertrophy is possible everywhere. So don't think that because you're lifting light load, you're not building muscle, especially if you're taking sets to failure and building muscle is not as simple as lifting heavy and becoming bulky, because if you're lifting heavy, but you're still far from failure, you probably will build less muscle than if you go light. Well, this is when the girls just start thinking. It's not because you're going to start lifting heavier, you're going to become bulky. No, you don't. So, girl. If you eat like shit, you might.
1: Yes. That's it. Yeah. Right? That's
0: a conversation for another day.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, second question for you. Oh, hit me. So, you use the terms volume and intensity in a lot of your posts. Mm hmm. Can you describe?
0: Yeah, what do I mean by that? Yeah. Let's, Let's define the terms for good, you know? So, a lot of people who read my stuff have like more clarity in these concepts so number one volume what is volume well volume it consists of three variables and there's a fourth one that i'll address after but there's three main variable which is your sets Mm -hmm. okay so how many sets you're doing for a specific exercise per workout there's your intensity right like you mentioned intensity people think a lot like uh going hard i'm intense right in research, um, the term intensity is more relation of the percentage of your one RM. Okay, so the load that's on the bar. Okay. Like I mentioned in the first part of this uh, conversation, if you're lifting 30% or 80%, that's for example, if your one RM is 100, it would be 80%. Would be 80 pound. 80 is the intensity of that specific load. Okay, and finally reps. Okay, so sets times load or intensity. Times reps, okay. So how many reps you're doing for a specific exercise, okay? So you multiply all three, yeah, and that's your volume, okay. So, Go. Yeah, three sets of ten reps Go. with hundred pounds, okay. okay. That would be three thousand. Yeah. So your volume is three thousand. I think I'm doing this right. Yeah, I hope so. People could uh, comment in the section and just bash me with my math skills. I always, I always say I'm a trainer. I can only count to ten. <laughs> Okay, uh, and then and then how and then, and then obviously you're um, you're modifying your volume by either increasing le- sets or reps or low or things like that, uh, which brings me to another concept that I pretty much created. I I haven't seen anyone discussing about it that way. I called macro progression, okay. meaning big, mm-hmm. micro progression, meaning small. Uh, on volume okay so there's certain things you're going to do to modify your volume that are going to have large impact and others are going to have small impact like doing 10 reps today and doing 12 reps tomorrow with or next week with the same load and the same number of sets you're just basically adding two more reps right so it's a micro progression okay or adding five pounds that's a micro progression right they're important honestly if you ever heard about the psi they're pretty, pretty much the PSI consists of doing that, adding reps, adding load, adding reps, adding load. It's, what, it's the meat and potato of our, our progression in the gym. Sometimes you can do macro progression, and that is adding an extra set, okay? Because when you add a whole extra set, you're adding a whole other 10 reps right. at that load. Yeah. So it will have a really big magnitude uh, of impact on the, the volume. Okay. So we play with macro, micro, when we do progressions in the gym, generally we prioritize micro. Sometimes we do macro. Now I discuss about range of motion. Yeah. Range of motion plays a role in volume and indirect role, but it plays one nonetheless. Range of motion is a distance you travel in an exercise. If you compare a squat and a leg extension, which one you think is going to stimulate you the most in your quads? squats okay we know that because it just seems logical right yeah. squats are usually heavy but then we come back to what i was saying and if you're going lighter like on the leg extension but you're doing more reps probably you're going to do the same number of volume so then your question is like oh well with the same volume would the leg extension be more stimulative do you more think practical? so you you're practical perhaps if you're, yeah. you wanna, you want to you want to limit or mitigate your fatigue you know it's it, it tires you less mm-hmm. but in terms of stimulation the squat is the king
1: right because of the
0: exactly range of motion, range of motion. Thinking so, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so the range of motion basically the distance you are going to travel in that exercise based on your on your quads is greater on the squat okay so when we compare it to exercises like a leg curl and uh, a deadlift mm-hmm. Same thing when we compare um, a close grip bench press versus a rope push down for your triceps. All these things. We are going to factor in the distance we travel in order to define which exercise is going to be the most stimulative. There is a cost to stimulation, which is fatigue. That's a conversation for another day. But if we're strictly talking about stimulation, then in terms of volume, the exercise that has the most distance travel is always going to be the most stimulative okay um there's a small caveat to volume which is you're doing a your warm-up set mm-hmm. you're doing hundred reps with five pounds mm-hmm. and it's super light mm-hmm. that's a shit ton of volume yeah. is that is that gonna impact your hypertrophy do you think so trick questions it is a trick question you're scared Put to answer uh-huh.
1: <laughs> what is the question what is the answer
0: well? okay so basically <laughs> it won't Obviously, do you build muscle with your warm-up sets? Not as much, or at least we don't count them. Like, you know, when we track our progress in the gym, we don't count a warm-up set. Why is that? It's because of the proximity to failure, right? If you're you're only counting effective sets, and effective sets are the ones that have three, four reps in reserve or less, okay? If you're doing a warm-up set, you're not going to failure. Otherwise, it's not a warm-up set. And if you're not going to failure and you're far from it, then it's not a high stimulation. But
1: also, you don't want to go to failure when you're
0: doing a warm-up. No, that that would be wasting your and time.
1: You're to fatigue your, your muscles.
0: Exactly, you walk into your. I see that a lot. You know, guys who are like like building up to their first working set and they do so many sets, and I already see them cringing. Yeah.
1: That's the point of it. It's just going to ruin the rest of their their
0: training. Or they might as well count it as a working set. Because there's that too. It could be a a, a working set. But then again, if you don't factor it in, you're missing on on your logging. Okay? So intent still matters. It's still the main rule. It's not just numbers. But when we're comparing apples and apples, Mm -hmm. both effective set, the one that has the greatest volume with the greatest range of motion is your most stimulative. Okay, so, Okay, Mel.
1: Third and final question for today. Mhm. So now that I'm a personal trainer. Okay. But before that, also I get the same question asked me over and over again. Is how it, can I get a thigh gap?
0: Um, no. Yeah. Not this one. <laughs> okay. What is it? What is it? If it's really necessary to follow a meal plan or a strict meal plan, mm-hmm.
1: when you start. Okay. But, like, start training.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you start training, should you hop on a meal plan, right? Like,
1: like, is it really important?
0: Uh, you know, you always hear like uh, it's 20% uh, tr- exercise and uh, 80% nutrition. Right. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think training plays a huge factor. And I actually think a lot of coaches don't consider training enough. They think it can just give you a list of exercise and really like dial in on your food and yeah. will yield all the results, right. you know? I think it's I both mean, really you'll
1: important. You'll get your results, but you won't get. Tone. No, not, like, not toned, but like mu- The muscular, muscle. You know? well, what is
0: tone? Tone is, tone is being lean and muscular, right. right? So yeah, you can lean down with nutrition. Yeah. Can you build muscle with your food? No. To a certain extent, well, not really, right? Like muscle will fuel you to build muscle, will help you. But if you're not training and you're eating in a surplus, you're just getting fat. Right. Right? So should you start with a meal plan? The answer is it depends. Okay. Beware of people who always answers with binary answers. Yes, no, you should, you shouldn't. The real answer is depends because it's all context dependent. Okay. Okay. First of all, when, when people start training, like now lockdowns are about to lift, get lifted. Gyms are about to open. Now people want to get back to everything at the same time, uh, train six days a week and uh, grind a hardcore deficit. Mm -hmm. I personally discourage it. For most people, I discourage hopping on a caloric deficit while reintroducing training. Okay? The main reason is that it's simply just a lot of stress on the body. Okay? I prefer going to a maintenance caloric phase where people are eating to until they're full. They may track. They may not track. It really depends on if they like tracking, if tracking discourages them. The important thing is that they're active and that they're eating enough to recover.
1: But not just- I don't start binging on, I don't know, let's say a Big Mac yeah. right after a training session. Then mm-hmm. wonder, well, why am I, getting, am I not
0: getting the why, why, What's wrong with that? I don't know you though. shouldn't eat Big Mac after you train. <laughs> Fuck. No, I mean, I've been I've been 18 years old. <laughs> and I remember like slamming down uh, bacon like a few pounds with my buddy after doing bench press. And right. that one. But no, <laughs> it's not ideal. Um, okay, I like that you mentioned this because actually I was going to say you don't need to be in a deficit. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't perhaps investigate the way you eat, um, or hire a coach or a nutritionist to help you introduce healthy habits. Sometimes like, listen, every time I tell a client you need to eat more protein in order to be able to build muscle or recover from your trainings, or I tell them you need to eat more veggies and fruit, I never get the, what? Actually I do sometimes with ex bikini girls who were told not to eat fruits. But in general, people are like, yeah, I know that I need to eat fruits, but you hire a coach because you want the accountability. You want the structure. You just want overall somebody who's going to kick you in the butt and tell you, you need to do it. So yes, if you want to invest into a, um, a nutritional plan or nutritional guidance, because you know, personally, you need to have someone to push you to eat properly or to increase your healthy habits me at the yeah beginning. well i
1: think i experienced that not that i was eating bad but i just probably wasn't eating enough mm-hmm. and that wasn't helping
0: me gain any muscles that was just that's a that's a whole can of worms you just opened and I, I i did not even picture that scenario i forgot that we were there once yeah. because because you always think about that girl who wants to lose 10 pounds and she wants to go in a deficit while she starts training yeah. but there's also that girl who wants to lose fat but is chronically starving herself uh, and is under eating and uh under fueled and very uh, holding a lot of water and very lethargic also because she's not eating enough so you know and and it's super hard to get through these people it was a challenge for us you know a few years back because i kept telling you trust me um you're gonna have to eat more in order to look ultimately the way you want to look and to look your best. And that does imply that at the beginning you had to gain some weight and gain some pounds. But again, did I do this right off the get go? No, I doubt it. You know, at first I told you, let me just teach you how to move. You know, it takes a lot to learn how to train properly, contract muscle, um, recover from your soreness. And then eventually you start bringing it up. So in most cases, I think introducing training first, uh, is important, And then slowly um, talking about the basic concept, eating your fruits, eating your veggies, having someone who like give you a structure, your meal timing, you know, not eating one binge meal a day, having more than one, starting your day with a proper high protein meal, all these things, right? These are not things that you need to pull out a scale. These are just basic uh, healthy habits that you improve. But now, if you do decide you want to lose 10 pounds, I don't think that's in the gym that you're going to go lose that weight loss, get that weight loss. You know, you're, you're going to achieve that by starting to introduce a caloric deficit, right? And that's when it becomes a bit more nitty-gritty and you play around with your macros. But that comes later when you have a baseline of strength and a baseline of, of, of training. So to tell you the truth, most people set themselves to failure because they try to go at everything at the same time. And they crash. I see it way too many times. They go hard, short, and then they fall off the wagon. And yeah, they give up after. Yeah, it's too hard. You 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 basically like like there is a training stress related, you know?
1: I mean,
0: there's a strategy in all of this. There's a strategy. It's a it's a chess game, and you gotta think long term. Chess game. Chess game. <laughs> did I answer your question? It did. Yeah, so the answer is it depends. Talk to you later, guys. That was our first episode. <laughs> of many.